Faith in love starts with faith in you. Know yourself to grow yourself. And discover the DNA of love with Dr. Williams every Wednesday at 4 p.m. talk about today is seasonal love. So if you want to tell me what people should know about this. So, uh, hello everybody. Um, this is a topic that's kind of near and dear to my heart because it's a, so you see the same thing every year. Like for most of us, like who are watching TV, who have friends, who have social media, who see, um, any form of advertisements, any form of, uh, societal uh, media-based pressure right seasonal love so love that sort of is built in these fall-ish winter-ish months i mean you can't go home to thanksgiving and you know not have a relationship right that's like a hundred percent you know you're gonna get asked by like your aunts and your uncles like who you're dating you know and it puts you in a position where it's like almost like this pressure to be in a almost like the same pressure to be in shape for the summer similar to the same pressure of being like with someone in the winter months um so more so addressing like okay what is seasonal love what are the tendencies we see in individuals and then like after all of that like what can we do to sort of master our own mind and the way we approach relationships as it comes to like these society-based tendencies to want to find someone to to couple up um even when you're not ready um which is i'm from the east coast on the east coast they call it getting booed up (laughs) everybody uh past october it gets a little chillier gets a little lonely lonelier and people start to get booed up real quick um so what we can do about that and like how we can address it from an individual standpoint is thoughtful to say the least now i know you you have something called sandbox dating mm-hmm. what so, is that <laughs> so sandbox dating is one of the things that you see when it comes to so the idea of seasonal love to begin with is this idea that okay these winter months are coming from an evolutionary perspective it makes sense it's like evolution evolutionarily speaking we're looking at when the winter months are coming life is more scary because danger exists out there so we want to have more bodies around us to keep keep us safe <clears throat> same thing goes for romance winter months you have reduced opportunity you have reduced, reduced interactions because um especially me being from the east coast like it's cold outside people aren't staying outside being cute so it's really difficult to find someone who's cute when they are not in proximity so that leads right to sandbox dating essentially with this idea that most of us find our first loves or second and third loves within the same sandbox that we exist in so if we're Look at it like this. So when you're a kid and you go to the playground, your parents drop you off at the sandbox. You tend to, you know, build your sandcastle and play around alone until somebody else is plopped in that same sandbox with you. Um, you didn't get to choose that person. You didn't get to choose the family that brought them in. You just know that now I'm in a position where there's somebody near me. And it's like, hey, you want to play? Me too. And now you're building sandboxes or, or sandcastles together. Essentially, most of us date the same way, too. We date based on proximity, people within our units, within our flights, within our squadrons, um, high schools, colleges. Um, There's some reasoning for that that makes sense when you think about it maybe 100 years ago. Like if travel and communication was limited, of course, sandbox dating is all you have. 
but when you have 2022 or like a foot at this point almost 2023 uh, as we get closer to the new year we don't have to do that anymore we can actually look like with some thoughtfulness and find people who who are actually better fits for us i would would say perfect fits but i don't know if that ever exists there's no such thing as perfection it's just something we pursue all the time um but when it comes to like finding the person we're meant to be with compatibility is key and you do that at times by seeking what's outside of the sandbox and what's helpful in seeking things outside the sandbox is you recognize that over the winter months you don't have to boo up so to speak now I know you wanted to kind of talk about why people seek connection in these colder months. So they, we do so primarily because think about it. Like it makes sense. Like if I'm, if it's the middle of December and it's like 10 degrees outside, I guess Fahrenheit, not Celsius, given that we're in it, we're in Italy now <clears throat> being alone is scary. You know, you need someone to Netflix and chill with yeah. in the cold months. Cause you can't go out and have fun. You know, it's, you know, cold outside you you just want to sit around in your house maybe enjoy that you know sitting on the couch under a blanket watching as much tv as you can (laughs) and that's when you're home alone right yeah so then let's look at every month in particular so you're looking at being home alone and watching tv by yourself at times mixed feelings about doing things in the house hobby wise by yourself again mixed feelings but now look at like october halloween's coming up so many of these events that we see are events that you would have to go to potentially with a person like uh, the Air Force Ball, mm-hmm. um, any Halloween parties. If you go alone, you can. Um, but it's at times feels better when you have a little company. You have Thanksgiving right afterwards. Like you said earlier, showing up with essentially by yourself another year, another year of pressure from family, friends. of like, OK, you single again this year. What's going on here? Um, Christmas, same thing. Um, January, New Year, New Me, still lonely. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, February, Valentine's Day hits you really, really hard. And then March, spring into a new relationship, maybe. Um, You try your best to, to still maintain your own path while also fielding all these family based, societal, and circumstantial pressures. But they exist and they influence whether we want to be with somebody or not. Like, have you ever been with somebody who you're like, you know what, or even not even like dating wise, just friendship wise, like I'm clearly like if I'm being honest with myself, I'm being around this person because it just feels better than being by myself. Yeah, I've definitely had that, you know, in my last relationship, it was just like we had been together for so long and it was just like, oh, it was a comfort. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've known this person. I've always had this person to lean on. So it was just it became a comfortable situation. It wasn't that we were particularly happy either of us but we just were comfortable in it yeah. and then you know military life happens i get stationed here in aviano and that long distance just you know just really showed hey this is more of a comfort thing and less of a relationship and that that comfort is like so many of us date um, or friends with like human being teddy bears people that are nice to have like to feel warmth around people to hug and feel connected to, but we don't really have a connection with. And that's one thing that's like, it's maintained throughout the winter months, like traditionally speaking. And no one teaches you that like you have a choice. Like no one teaches you that you have the capacity to go out there and shop legitimately for like who you're supposed to be with or connect with. Um, we learn along the way if we're lucky, but sometimes there are a lot of us who don't. A lot of single people who are like struggling to figure it out and figuring out all of this alone is like difficult. 
um, especially when you're never given a road map. So maybe instead of, you know, going and finding a teddy bear, you get yourself a Snuggie <laughs> and you get settled in for the winter months. <laughs> you try to. You try to. Um, and you discover who you are and what you want in a relationship and what you want out of life. You can't. And the hardest thing about that is, like, one of the questions I hear a lot is like, okay, well, how do you even do that? Like, if you're telling me to go find out what I bring to the table, what, what I bring that's valuable, how? Like, do I just try to do stuff and see what sticks? And it's like, well, the better question is like, well, how do you find your career? How did you find the things that you find funny? How did you find the things that you find enjoyable, interesting, or exciting? It takes a degree of experimentation, but experimentation in a way that's controlled and safe. You can experiment in finding what actually stimulates you from an intellectual standpoint. Many of us, we find these things by mistake. Like I find out what's funny because I see something funny by happenstance. But have I ever actually sought after what I find to be enjoyable? Have I actually sought what I found to be enjoyable in other people? And then have I been curious about like the skill of being single? It's a skill. Thanks, it- Practice. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> Being single is hard. Like, for, I'll use an example. So, sandbox dating for me back in college was I played basketball. So, when I was back in college, uh, <clears throat> I remember I was, <laughs> I don't want to say her name because who knows? She played European basketball, so she could be listening. <laughs> but I, <laughs> well, you know, who cares? Her name was Miriam. Miriam was a was a my one of my first like actual like firm this is my girlfriend. Like I was a 19-year-old when we met and I was like this is like the person I at the time thought I was going to marry. When we first met, she told me very explicitly like I am not interested in you and we are just workout buddies for basketball. Um, she was on the team uh, for the women, I was on the team for the men. We spent an entire summer working out together every single day. She told me very clearly that I had no shot. So I started to see her as like, well, this is just my workout buddy. Um, so every boundary you can think of was like overly laid. Um, <laughs> when we watched movies together, she would actually in the dorm would sit like maybe seven or eight feet away from me. So like and usually in the common area, like watching movies on the big uh, TV they had out there. So like it was very clear that I'm really friend zoned out which is fine. I'm like, you know what? I got a basketball buddy. I got someone to hang out with all summer. Um, she happens to be really pretty. I know I don't have a shot. Let me just be cool with this relationship. Until October. Until it started to get a little cold outside. It started to get a little less, uh, I guess, uh, interpersonally abundant around campus. And I was in a position where I was like, okay, I'm not really getting much from this relationship other than like friendship. And I like her. So maybe... I should probably distance myself from this this connection because I'm not I'm it's uneven. Like she's getting buddy friendship love, and I'm interested in her romantically, but she's not interested in me. So I might as well just kind of do my own thing. So I tried. I tried. I remember like it was yesterday. I tried in October, Novemberish to do my own thing, and she went back home and got a little bit of pressure from her parents of like. Why is she still single? And they had seen me from time to time, and they were like, you know, well, that Deontay kid like, <laughs> also plays basketball. He seems like a nice kid. He doesn't have any felonies, you know. Why not <laughs> go with a guy like him? Um, she, for the most part, ignored it until she came back one night when I was essentially not around. I don't know, remember what I was doing. I might have been playing Call of Duty. Nothing cool, but I was not around. And she texted me and wanted to hang out, and I just wasn't there. And that was a day where she 
she took it personal that I wasn't available when she was wanting to hang out. And in hindsight, I thought maybe this is when she started to like me, but it was actually the time she started to get most lonely. And probably me too. Um, we had each other all summer and we kind of parted ways for a little bit in October. She got lonely, so did I to some degree. And we found ourselves hanging out and then actually ended up dating into like the winter months. Um, part of me, if I'm being honest with you, I knew it was the wrong thing to do. I knew it was like we weren't a good fit, but it was better than playing basketball by myself. And I'm sure it was a better story to tell her family for Christmas that I'm I'm booed up. <laughs> <laughs> and I got the person that you guys asked me to go get. Wow. I mean, that that is, you know, it's one of those things that I feel like looking back on my life, I'm now thinking of all those moments where, you know, I was I was that nerdy kid in high school who never dated, but there's always like that guy who was like, oh yeah, I have a crush on you. And I'm now thinking every time that happens, it would be like right around Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. right around when the, you know, break for Christmas was, you know, about to start. And I'm like, now that makes so much more sense. <laughs> yeah. Think about Valentine's Day. Like, there's not one Valentine's Day that goes by where I don't see something putting pressure. Even on, like, I saw a commercial last year that was basically telling me that, like, I'd be a bad spouse if I didn't do something special on this day. And I'm like, well, I'm, like, married, so that's one aspect of it. But if I were single, it's like... So you mean I'm a piece of garbage? <laughs> like, if I decide that like this is not a valuable holiday to me, like this is not something that I find particularly interesting, or if my significant other is like, you know what, I don't want to go out and spend a ton of money on this particular day, or I don't want to feel bad about myself for not having someone on Valentine's Day. You shouldn't have to have someone. But we get this pressure from society, and you see it a lot on, on TikTok. If you don't have somebody, it's like, it's a problem with you. It's like, well, no, maybe I'm developing myself and I don't need to have someone to prop me up. Now, I know I want to talk more on some of these societal influences, but a little bit ago we were talking about like holidays, like, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and even Valentine's Day cause a lot of, you know, societal influence when it comes to relationships. If you can kind of dive in a little bit more into that. So the idea that um, you're doing something wrong if you don't have a relationship. Like, there's so many different avenues in life that sort of play into that 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 function. Like, then we were talking about it a little bit over break, but like, even like the military. Like, the military incentivizes people who are in relationships um, to some degree. Now, when it comes to marriages, there's a, so many incentives to to be with someone at all times more than anything so this is a from a societal media and some some ways interpersonal standpoint this i this playing on someone in some ways maliciously playing on this natural human desire to connect with other people connecting with other humans is a it's almost it's as important as eating and drinking water like you have to have connection which is why solitary confinement is akin to the one some of the worst torture you can bestow upon a person like you have to have connection with other people if you don't it drives you insane um so in many ways companies uh media um people play into that they know that if i can essentially pull on a person's emotional sort of uh standing for themselves tug on their heartstrings a little bit make them feel like well not being with someone makes me less than other people who have someone and then you add that to like scrolling on Instagram, uh, TikTok, Twitter at times and seeing people 
at their best in their relationships, which is a lot of nonsense, by the way. No one posts pictures of them with their significant other in the middle of an argument, standing in the kitchen wearing clothes that look awful. They post these pictures of them at the beach. They post pictures of, you know, enjoyable photo shoots at a park somewhere, like walking down uh, a beautiful walkway in a foreign mm -hmm. country. All the best images you get are people loving and enjoying themselves. So if you're only seeing that and you're single, you're reinforcing that you're wrong for being that way. Yeah, and I think social media is a major danger when it comes to creating these you know, false expectations. I know personally someone who was going through a rough spot in their relationship. But if you went to like her social media, everything looked fine. You know, it was photos of the kids, photos of them all together, all happy. <laughs> but then like if you're actually in that inner circle with this person, you know that it's fake. things aren't going well. Like there's talk of divorce or stuff like that. And so I feel like, you know, even like if you can think of like this perfect marriage, it's not going to be all sunshines and rainbows 100% of the time, like social media would have you think. Yeah. So you look at the, the trajectory, right? So we have someone who starts out like, let's say you PCS did this base at like in September, October. So you have a natural inclination to be with other people and to connect as a human being. Then you have location-wise, you're now placed in the middle of, you know, northern Italy. And if you're a young airman, you don't know probably very much people at all. Then on top of that, you are now isolated from people that you did know back in the States. In addition to that, this feeling of like gen general sense of not having the connections needs met from people around you, which starts the whole process of starting to look for connections. Um, sandbox dating starts there as well because you start off looking for the people within your sandbox. Then you add a layer of not speaking Italian. You add a layer of not being, of being an officer, or being only an enlisted member, or potentially like um, even a civilian, like you're a contractor, like in a place like this, you have to hope that the people you are interacting with, um, if you are looking and you're single, like are actually potential suitors who have similar sort of uh, PCS windows, scheduling windows, and also um, language uh, um, capacities as you do. You get through all of that, and then now you look at the idea of like these winter months coming where you don't have connection possibly, you increase the likelihood that you put yourself in a situation for indiscriminate dating. Um, you ever heard that term? No. So indiscriminate dating is what people tend to do when they are looking for just a heartbeat. I just need somebody or something to help me not feel alone. Um, you see it a lot. Now, you ever seen a couple that like, you know, like, oh, they're not really good together. Yeah. Like, but they kind of persist no matter what. And it's like, what, what's going on here? What's happening here? Or people who were like, just met each other. They started class together when they PCS together, laying in the same unit, same squadron potentially. And they date almost right away. It's almost like a reality show. They, <laughs> they link up really quickly. And it's like, well, how are these people coupling up so damn fast? Like, I don't know. And indiscriminate dating happens in those moments because you look at so uh, in psychology they call it Maslow's hierarchy of needs right so you get your your sustenance needs met when it comes to food and water and from then connection so most of us are getting a paycheck every two weeks so our sustenance needs are met the next thing that comes along is connection and we try to form that sort of we meet that need by forming those relationships sometimes we do it very um, indiscriminately 
We just cast a wide net, and if something comes back, we take it. Now, what about those single airmen out there who are listening, and they're like, okay, that's easy. You can, you can say it all you want. But when it comes to the reality of being single, you know, through these winter months, what would you say to these airmen? Like, what advice would you give them? So make a commitment. First of all, like, challenge yourself as to what you are hoping to get out of the next five to six months of your life. So it may seem petty and small, but, like, if you want to, to give yourself a potential window of, like, you know what, over the next season, even, I'm going to not be with someone. I'm going to engage with interacting, connecting with people, maybe communication-wise, hanging out, chilling. But I'm not going to actually commit to a relationship. And I'm going to, if you're going for big air, remove physical intimacy altogether. See if your perspective on these relationships change if you don't have the pressure of connecting with people physically as well. And when I say physically, I'm talking about physical intimacy. And sometimes in the context of a romantic relationship, sometimes not. Like, see if you actually change your perspective. Like... I think I've mentioned this a bunch of times, but those 44 dates that I went on between 2012 and uh, 2014. So if you're listening for the first time, I went on uh, a ton of dates uh, for about two and a half years. And in that time period, I made it a point to really like take away physical intimacy. Like I'm going to go on dates in the middle of the day and I'm going to make sure I don't go home with anybody. I gave myself that parameter so I knew I made that commitment to myself. So if I was ever challenged by someone or if someone made me feel like, oh, you know what? I think, I mean, they're they're attractive. They're having a good time. Let me just see if we can move into dinner and then see what happened. I would tell myself like, nah, Deontay, you made a commitment here. You told yourself that you wouldn't do this. This is bigger than this person I'm on the state with. This is about me. This is giving myself a fighting chance because I'm committed to being single until I have the person I want to be with. This is granted you're looking for that person. Some of us are not. Some people are absolutely just playing the field. And if I, if you're doing that, I say, do you, boo-boo. But if you're actually looking for that person or you're tired of you know, games or messing around, then give yourself space to make that commitment first. Um, and then build on yourself and look to discover aspects about yourself that make you valuable. Like, not to put you on the spot, not be so, but <laughs> what do you find funny? You know, I'm one of those people that a good, like, just, I like dry humor. Okay. So just like one of those, like, perfectly timed, like, witty comments at, like, the perfect moment just always, always makes me laugh. Okay. That's important to know because so many of us, we engage with life in, in this um, mis- mysterious experience, right? We don't pursue knowledge about like little things like that like what makes me funny or what makes me what do i find funny um but what makes me funny is important too because if you are not funny then imagine like okay if i'm not entertaining to some degree i'm not interesting to speak to who's going to want to talk to me and that doesn't mean you're not a good person it doesn't mean you are not a valuable person but it means that in conversation ask yourself well, legitimately what am i contributing to conversation even and that's a, another way of building yourself up throughout these months when you don't have a person with you romantically that will help you when you finally meet that person you're supposed to be with. Um, for me, it's like I like dry humor, too. I, I think, I think it's, it's funny when somebody makes a like they hit, they hit the, the, the on ramp to comedy with something dry and unexpected. But bigger than that for me is like movie references. Mm-hmm. I love them. 
Like they're, they're the best. Like if if <laughs> this is a very old movie, so I'm probably dating myself, but um, Pulp Fiction. Like anytime someone tells me that a sandwich tastes good, the first thing I think about is Sam Jackson going, "Now that's a tasty burger," <laughs> and it's completely out of context. I do it to my wife all the time, and she's she's tried to watch it three times. She's falling asleep each time because a three-hour Quentin Tarantino film. <laughs> but <laughs> I know it makes me laugh, and I know she's willing to go along with me in that on that level from a humor standpoint enough not to say she loves a movie but she just enjoys the fact that that makes me giggle so we match in that area and so many of us don't really know what makes us giggle and we know it when we see it when we feel it but we don't know enough to quantify it in conversation wow i mean it, it's one of those things i always heard like people say that the best relationships come out of when people know themselves first, that like they've put together their whole puzzle and said, this is who I am. This is what I like. You know, these are my interests. And then not find someone who's just like them, but someone who accents them. Yeah. In a way. You know, what's the interesting thing I found over the years is finding out what you don't like. What are your pet peeves? Because those things will end the relationship way sooner than the things you like like I can really like that someone's a good you know mother or a good father or a good supporter or somebody who's like reliable and trustworthy but if I really really hate somebody who gets really bad gas like if I really really (laughs) cannot stand people who don't pay their side of the meal when it comes to going to dinner like these little things they're like rocks in your shoe like if you're putting the shoe on and you're just running downstairs to get something like that rock in the shoe doesn't matter that much but if you're taking a three or four mile hike which a lot of times dating and marriage is a very extended marathon hike that tiny rock in the shoe will make you want to take those sneakers off oftentimes ending in divorce wow so we are coming up to the end of the hour so it's time for your final thoughts. Is there anything else you would want to share with our listeners? So I say this often, but the idea of you must define love to find love, right? If you don't know what you're searching for, you're looking just kind of blindly and casting a broad, empty net. And maybe that'll work. Maybe you're one of the lucky ones that actually gets that in, in, in another person. But for the most part, if we're looking for precision in dating, if we're looking to pinpoint what we're looking to find in another, another person, we have to define it effectively. And if you can do that, you give yourself a fighting chance. I just came to show love. You just said I showed up.